Hello, and welcome to episode two of Brett's Botany Podcast. Today, I'm going to be talking about bleeding hearts. The classic bleeding heart, you know, the one with the perfect pink heart-shaped and white and red drop-shaped petals, also known by its scientific name, Dutchman's Breeches, is a flowering perennial plant related to the poppy. They usually bloom late spring to early summer. Though this plant is found all over the world, it's native to Siberia, Korea, Japan, and China. And okay, I have to come clean. Its scientific name is actually Lamprocapnos. Dutchman's Breeches is just more fun. I didn't know this, but there's also a Dicentra formosa, or Pacific Bleeding Heart, which is native to North America, specifically to the Pacific Coast. It doesn't resemble a bleeding heart quite as perfectly. The heart-shaped petals are a little more oblong and fade from a dusty, purpley rose color to a lighter pink or white, but it is still quite a beautiful plant. And the word in that second one, Dicentra, is just the umbrella name for all of the bleeding heart family. When I used to live in Bothell, my family and I had a pair of bleeding heart pants in our side yard. That's actually kind of romantic, a pair of bleeding hearts, like Romeo and Juliet. Anyway, I remember being so drawn to them because of the uniqueness of their shape. I loved pulling the petals of the already fallen flowers so that they became broken hearts. I don't think any of us actually knew it was poisonous. I definitely didn't. Not until this year, actually. Luckily, I was a very nervous child who was constantly afraid of eating or touching something poisonous, so I didn't put anything in my mouth that I didn't know for sure was supposed to be there. Though, even if I did want to taste that forbidden plant, it most likely wouldn't have killed me. This plant is labeled as a low-severity poison, stemming from the isoquinoline alkaloids the plant contains. Now, these substances are found in the leaves, petals, stems, juice, as one source I called described it, seeds, and pretty much everywhere else of the plant. If someone was to consume a large amount of this plant, they may, si- they may start to see some symptoms. Eating enough can cause seizures and liver damage, but most of the poison will just cause trembling, vomiting, diarrhea, convulsions, and difficulty breathing. Contact with the sap, aka juice as I'll be calling it from now on, can cause dermatitis, which is just a fancy way of saying itchy skin. Symptoms can occur anywhere from a few minutes to a few days after ingestion. Mostly, however, the hazard is for dogs and other pets. Even horses aren't safe from the rather lovely wrath of the bleeding hearts. You know, as a kid, I never thought something so pretty could be bad. I guess that's why they're bleeding hearts and not just regular hearts. In animals, though, particularly dogs, symptoms are very similar to human. Except maybe the excessive drooling, I think that's more of a dog thing, and the colic. Liver damage is also much more common in animals. These plants can be fatal to your pets, but it's pretty rare for them to actually be fatal. It's still important to look out for them though in the wild, and to make sure to supervise your pets around these plants. If you're planning to plant them into your garden, put them in a safe area away from anywhere kids or pets could get into contact with them. But on the bright side, Dicentras attract hummingbirds. Interestingly enough, this plant has also been used for medical purposes as well, both in ancient medicine and also experimental modern medicine. In fact, according to anthropologist and ethnobotanist Daniel Mormon, the native Pacific bleeding heart was used as a cure for toothaches, parasitic worms, and hair loss by the Skagit tribe in Washington. 
Traditionally, in Asian cultures, the Dicentra spectabilis, or classic Asian bleeding heart that I mentioned earlier, was used for removing blood stasis, pathogenic wind, and helping with boils. As for more modern experimental medicine, more modern meaning around the early 1900s to early 2000s, doctors used to believe that the protopine chordine, isocordine, bulbocapnine, and dicentrine could help with cancer. More specifically, the swelling in glands and nodes that some cancer patients face and helping with apoptosis and tumors, as well as acting as a chemoprotective. But as the naturopathic doctor news and review states, clearly more research is warranted on dicentra as a treatment for cancer. There is so much to this plant that I didn't know about. I keep having flashbacks of our old side yard, with the big trees and twin bleeding hearts growing near the aged wood of our house. I would grab bleeding hearts and samaras and throw them from the window above, watching them float down like little dancers. You know, thinking back on that, maybe that's why my hands were always so dry when I was little. Anyway, I hope you enjoyed this episode of Brett's Botany Podcast. Thank you so much for listening, and I'll see you next time.